ghetto, the backyard, the yard. I sell it with my whip. It's off the hard. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Denver, Mile High City, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with us producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND, you know the rules. Uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, anything that happened over the weekend, holidays, uh, sports-related, Feel free to bring that to the airwaves. The only thing we ask you to do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, uh, keep in mind, too, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll respond to those and read those on air in real time if I get a chance to. If not, I'll re- respond to them later. You can go to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well too and leave comments and like I said I'll read those on air or respond to them later and also if you miss any of the episodes live you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week 365 and also if you are traveling or you're in an area that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise or uh, you're having technical difficulties listening to us through your other means don't forget you can also go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can click the play button and listen and we'll be there for you 877-37-GRIND what's up mr clark you ready Another vacation, man. Oh, another vacation? It wasn't good enough to you? What, rough holidays or what? What do you need another vacation for? Just rough for you? Just, just what, the sports world's beating you down? Is that just what it is? I hope it's the sports world and not life. Because at the end of the day, it's just sports. That's the one thing you can always look at. It's been a busy Monday, but... Uh... Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, well, I hope everybody's uh, Thanksgiving was safe and sound we are entering the holiday seasons um like i told you before we broke we will have a holiday schedule that i'll let y'all know here in the next week or two uh when we get ready to head toward christmas and new year's uh so y'all can keep up schedule with the show but let's see if we can cheer mr clark up today let's see what we got on the docket Um, oh that's not happening oh it's not happening stay positive brother stay positive uh, we've got a lot to get to I mean, because we were off since last uh, Wednesday. So there's a lot. I mean, I'm not going to be able to rehash everything. Uh, I know tomorrow is probably going to be heavier, more heavy into college uh, football because we will have, you know, this much anticipated, uh, you know, top 25 playoff committee release before we get into championship weekend which championship weekend is set like i said we'll get more into uh the action of college most likely tomorrow there are some other things though we can't deny when we talk about college uh that we've got to bring up today uh texas a&m um has found their guy and they did go cheap now um mike elko now you know he has a winning record in his first year with Duke. Um, you know, they had only won, I think, three games or so last year, somewhere around there. Um, I did go back and look, which I didn't, uh, full transparency, I didn't know this, but I was trying to dive into the hire. Now, he was a Texas A&M coordinator a few years back for three years, so he's been down at College Station. Um, 
the only thing I will say about this is this is a hire based off of uh, I'm not going to use the word default, but it's based off of circumstances. Uh, because like we talked about on this program a couple weeks ago, the 70, almost $80 million that they were paying Jimbo to leave, to go away, that was going to play a factor in the hire. And it did. I mean, and, and trust me, Texas A&M uh, is not robbing Peter to pay Paul. They got money. Okay. They've got that donor, you know, down here in uh, UTSA land, back down in my 210 triangle of toughness. You know, I'm hearing this concoction of this plan to try to just raise the two more million dollars so they can kind of help and upgrade maybe some things that, you know, trailer like. So look at the land. So a and is not in that situation. But regardless, this hire was done with the factor of we're paying 80 million dollars for a coach uh, to stay away and not coach. Now. The one credit I will give them besides just the whole hiring because of circumstances is because at least this time, whether it works out or not, they can sit there and say, hey, by hiring Elko, we we went back into somebody that knows the A&M way, somebody that's been here, somebody that's been in the Texas region. You know, when Jimbo first hired on, the question I had was, can he get his Florida recruits and where he was recruiting when he was at Florida state. Can he get that to transfer down to Texas? I don't know what the, the count is on how many Florida kids he actually recruited that played in his tenure with A&M. But that's the one thing that I will give A&M. At least they went, you know, back in the circle back home now, because that's a thin line, especially when you talk about college football, because some programs to their detriment is we've got to stay within our own. And then they get closed minded and they don't go the outside to look in with other candidates. And then some people try to get too cute and they go outside the family. And then it just turns as disastrous. A la Rich Rodriguez when they hired him at Michigan. Michigan didn't even know what the spread was, whatever that was. Rich Rodriguez, it just was a bad fit. So um, that's the one thing I will tip their hat. But he's coming to the SEC. Okay, this is a college football, uh, you know, landscape that is changing. Uh, So that's one of the notes. So that was a big hire um, that's just came. I mean, first of all, it was being reported that Stoops had had the job. He was leaving Kentucky and they there was credible sources running with that. And they had to backtrack. And Stoops just said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here in Kentucky. I'm like, well, Kentucky needs to find somebody to see if they can. It needs to be a fresh voice in Kentucky because they come out with the same thing. I've said this over the last month or so. They come out the gate like a bat out of hell with four or five and oh, six. No, they're ranked. They got a top running back. That's an NFL prospect. They got a quarterback that's serviceable. And then when they get to the meat of the SEC schedule, they can't get those big wins. So Stoops, I feel still probably in Kentucky needs to find another way. But again, that's a basketball school. So it is what it is. Speaking of basketball schools, um, and this has been an ongoing topic on this particular program as well, too, about buyouts. Um, You have Tom Allen which is the head coach of the University of Indiana, which is a basketball school. It will always be a basketball school in basketball state. And they negotiate a lower. He's getting 15.5 million would have been over 20, but they kind of, I don't know. They did him a favor or whatever they, you know what? I wouldn't have gave him no favors, but they're even, they're paying 15.5 million to go away. Indiana, not a football school. Never will be. 
never be a football state. It is a basketball state. So, again, the theme of buyouts are really ridiculous. And I and I just feel credit to the agents. Jimmy Sexton, I mean, I always say I'm surprised they ain't had his ass on Capitol Hill for a monopoly because he's running a monopoly when it comes to agents of college football coaches. Uh, he's created this. The presidents and ADs have allowed him to create this. Um, he's just one of the other. And the other agents that represent D Division One college football programs have followed suit. So as we talk about NIL and should these kids get money and what are we going to do and scholarships and this and that, uh, we need to start holding accountable. Like, what are we doing with these buyouts? It just makes no sense to sit there and hire because it used to be the top dogs. Like your Nick Saban's of your world, your, your uh, you know, uh, you can go on the Urban Myers. It used to be those guys. Now they're giving everybody and their mom, even some of the first year coordinators that are getting jobs, they're able to negotiate buyouts in their contract, which is just totally uh, just absurd and is getting out of hand. So you got that going on. Um, speaking of Alabama, um, I don't think, you know, me personally, I don't think they deserve to win that game. They did. Uh, but that was one of those. And you look at robbery week because um, tomorrow is really going to be about scenarios as we head in. And once we anticipate what the committee is going to release tomorrow and what's going to shake up, you know, um, Alabama, they should have lost the game. Now, with that said, I think that's probably almost the best thing that could have happened to them going into the weekend against the two time defending national champions in Georgia down in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, because this week in practice uh, for Alabama off of that performance is going to really have everybody, you know, attention to detail, and it's going to be a rough week of practice. I've followed this program since he got there, and I, that's how things go. So to me, you know, they talk about the nightmare in Jordan Air. There's been a lot of crazy things that have happened in that stadium, in that robbery. I mean, Alabama has struggled the last three or four times, trips to Jordan Air. It doesn't matter how bad Arvin looks in the regular season. They've, tr they've struggled going in Jordan Air Stadium on the road, and they damn near got out of there. Maybe they had a lucky rabbit's foot, uh, but they got out of there, which would have made it easier. Easy. And I'm still going to say this. This is we're we're sitting at a record for how many one loss teams there are in the Power Five going into Championship Weekend. Um, it's only fitting that the committee is going to have some tough decisions to make if they don't get bailed out by two particular programs as we get ready to enter a new 12 team playoff in 2024. So you have college that's continuing to shake out <clears throat> basketball. Uh, we've got some basketball to get to. Uh, definitely want to talk about what has transpired for the uh, team in my backyard, the 210, uh, since the last time we discussed and talked, which was last Tuesday. Um, going back to last Wednesday's game at the Frostbank Center with the Clippers, you know, coming into town. Uh, definitely want to give my thoughts on that. Just an embarrassment in my opinion, also gives you this mindset of a man who is still running things down here. And also, again, you know, last night they played the Nuggets. The Nuggets, I was ready to come in here and talk about the Nuggets struggle because the Nuggets have been struggling, you know, on the road. Then they come back home. Maybe the Spurs are what the doctor ordered. Uh, but they were able to be victorious last night, speaking of those Denver Nuggets. But definitely want to circle back and get my take in on what I believe um, – is pretty much one of the worst stretches uh, in the last three or four days uh, of the San Antonio Spurs uh, since Greg Popovich uh, has been at helm. 
And the one thing that we are going to discuss, where the hell is Peter Holt Jr.? Where is he at? I've been asking this question for the last few years. Where is he at? He has showed his face twice publicly, which I've what I've seen in regards to in front of a mic. One, when the, the rumors were heating up, if this team was going to move to Austin and they started getting Austin sponsorships and then he released a statement. It wasn't even really through in front of a microphone to the local news down here got in front of him about, oh, I, I can I can remember sitting behind the curtain and as a kid in 03 and 01 and, and winning a title. So this team, as long as I'm, we're always going to stay in San Antonio. That's one. And then number two was when they won the sweepstakes to Wimby. And he banging on the table and grinning for, but where is he at right now where there's an events that have taken place that is totally, it's just, and again, you can say what you want to, but just like in every other sport, when you're losing, things get magnified. That's just, that's always been a, a rule of thumb in sports. As long as I've been paying attention to it, when you're losing the media, the fan base, every little thing gets magnified and San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich is not immune to that. Uh, so we've got that going on. Draymond Green shows no remorse uh, in regards to his suspension for choking out Rudy Gobert, you know, which he continues to get some type of pushback and, you know, because of his lack of remorse. Uh, so we'll have a time to circle back around that if we have time to. But like always, let's start with the National Football League and, um, we're going to start with uh, the teams and time to take a look at Thanksgiving, what transpired, especially with the Dallas Cowboys. But the big news today in the NFL <clears throat> is that we've got Frank Wright that has been released of his duties of the coach of the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Uh, less than a calendar year of being hired. Um. Now, we can all talk about Frank Wright and how bad it looked. I mean, I think I saw somewhere that they ranked in the bottom five of offense and defense categories. Um, We can talk about um, Bryce Young um, being the wrong guy. He was too small. We knew this coming out of the draft. We We can talk all about that. But we have to shine some light on the new ownership that has taken over the past six years. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the ballpark number is this is like his fifth coach he's on in about six years that he's on the team. So and I don't know anybody that has a credible resume. okay, As a head coach who's going to take this job. Under the circumstances. And I'm not even talking about due to the fact that they ain't going to have their number one overall pick. That's going to go to the team that's playing tonight on Monday Night Football in Chicago. I'm talking about in general of working for an owner like that that has showed no patience whatsoever. And that old adage about the NFL still stays true. It is a copycat league all the way around. It ain't just about what office you run. And, oh, that's working for y'all. Let's try this. Oh, the mush push, the Philly push, whatever you want to call it. Let's try this. If it ain't about the defense, oh, you're running the zone, you're running the 3-4 with a cover blanket, let's copy this. No, it gets copied by owners and franchises as well, too. We just saw the Denver Broncos last year fire a coach after Christmas with less than a calendar year 
of hiring him. So that has made it okay, I guess, in this ownership eyes to be like, hey, we can do it. We saw the Arizona Cardinals draft a quarterback top two a few years ago and then move on the same year within a calendar year and draft Kyler Murray. So it's it's one of those things at the NFL that it reigns true about the copycat mentality of the NFL. But it, it this new owner is off to a shaky start. And the theme goes true. If you ain't have good ownership and you don't have everybody pulling on the same rope and you're just burning through coaches, you can't win. I don't care who the quarterback is, whether he's 6'6 or he's 5'5. That's the reality. But when we get back, uh, we'll talk about Thanksgiving because there's some games, of course, with the Dallas Cowboys that I want to touch on. They're in the record books based off of their cornerback, which was asked by a fan of this show last week. So I want to dive in a little bit to that. And then we'll talk about the Broncos, who have made it five in a row now after starting the season one and five. And we'll dive into that. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with us producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosek. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products they have in for the holidays, uh, or you already know what they got, but you just want it ordered and delivered straight to your de- doorstep. Don't forget about specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 87737Grind. All right. So let's start. Let's back up a little bit and uh, look at the action on Thanksgiving uh, Day. Uh, we can kind of start early. Um, 
just by giving their credit. We have to go too much into it, but uh, the Packers really went in and did a number on the on the Detroit Lions. You know, Detroit Lions danced with the devil last weekend, and they got away with it despite uh, golf and the offense having like four or five turnovers that day. They still found a way to win that game. Not so lucky this uh, this past Thursday with Green Bay. Uh, you got to give Lafleur some credit uh, for having his team ready to go. And the question I had on the docket is this young Packers team and Jordan Love you know, turning the corner. So I think that was a surprise a little bit for most uh, that Green Bay was able not just to go in there and win the game, but they kind of dominated them. And Detroit has had a hell of a season up to this point. Um, what they want is still in front of them. Uh, but the Packers have been playing pretty good ball in the last uh, couple weeks. What do you got? Well, even more than the Packers, you look at the Lions. Jared Goff seems to be regressing a little hmm. bit. Uh, the turnovers are really what kept the Packers in that game. Yeah. Um, the the message from Dan Campbell, it, it, the 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 energy can keep you going for so long uh, until you kind of face this adversity. And so I know that there's a there, there there's a serious question as to you know, what what's kind of going on between the ears. Um, well, there. I mean, it's tough when 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 you're just turning the ball over constantly. Yeah, and it's been a too bad a bad stretch for two weeks with them. Um, I do feel that, um, you know, like I've said this before, golf really threw a grenade in their plans uh, last year. Um, this was supposed to be the year that they were going to be playing with the new quarterback that they would have drafted. But golf played well. Uh, you had to go and honor that. And now he's going through a rough patch, you know, because really the talk is pretty soon they got to make a decision because you're going to have to pay him. Or you have to move on from them. But um, I really think the thing with the Packers are young and Jordan Love, you know, you, we didn't talk about it on this show. I didn't give it no run. But I know about three, four weeks ago, uh, the general manager in the front office of the Packers, uh, they said, hey, you know, we are going to evaluate this last month and a half too much of the season because you got to play better because they needed to know whether like, hey, we waited four years for you and we moved up to get to you and we kind of let Aaron push him out of the way. Finally said enough, Mr. Rogers. Um, you're going to have to really show us some bright spots. And early on the season, the first half, he kind of been up and down. And I would say probably ever since that game they played against Denver, he's been playing better and the team's been playing better. And they're in the thick of things uh, for the uh, wild card spot. Um, I don't think they're catching Detroit still for the division, uh, but they have an opportunity uh, in this NFC uh, to be a wild card. Um, moving on. Uh, to the game after that, Dallas Cowboys, okay? Um, they dominate. And first of all, I expected a better effort from the Commanders because I know last week when I was in there, I said, hey, you know what? Even though the Commanders are trash, and, and I believe they're just waiting for a coaching change, and you, you got to wonder to see if this what happened to Frank Wright today is going to expedite that. But I know there are sources around the Commanders in the nation of capital saying that people in source close think that Ron's earned the right to go ahead and finish the season, even though chairs on the Titanic is already starting to be moved because they fired Jack Del Rio, which should have been gone. He's part of the good old boy network as well, too. So I thought they would have a better effort. I didn't think they were going to beat Dallas, but I thought that was going to be a better effort, and they really didn't. Um, but in Dallas's case, uh, they beat up on another team that they're supposed to beat. And, I, and I'm going to continue to bang this drum because they let me down in the Philly game. 
Okay. Um, didn't really think that they were going to beat the 49ers when they played them, but I thought after that display and that beatdown that they suffered from the 49ers, that their next opportunity against a top playoff echelon team in their own division, they were going to show up. And they didn't. I mean, I'm not saying they got blown out, but the way they lost that game with Philly has been the black cloud around the Cowboys in general. So um, it's hard for me to come in here after the Giants, after the, the, the Commanders, after starting with the Panthers, and basically sit there and say, okay, well, Dak's playing out of his mind. Uh, you know, this is what's going on until I see some games coming up. Now, I thought this coming up weekend was going to be a good test for him, but Seattle, that's a whole nother story. Geno, speaking of digressing, because I know there's a lot of people that wanted to put Geno in the Hall of Fame last year, and Pete Carroll was a genius. I think Seattle, which I picked to win the NFC West, by the way, because I thought Brock Purdy coming off that injury, they lost five out of six. So I don't know if this is going to be a game, you know, when, the, you know, looking at the schedule a month ago, you thought that this is when that tough stretch started for Seattle, uh, for Dallas playing Seattle, but you don't know. But one of the things that I do want to mention, because we had a listener uh, have a Facebook post last week and I kind of shut that down uh, because of the opponent. Um, I forgot who that was. Uh, my apologies. Uh, but Let's talk about Dallas's cornerback who made some history, uh, Deron Bland, who sets a record being the first player ever to return five INTs for touchdowns. Okay, history. Okay. I wanted to take a look at who, who are the teams and who are the cornerback or who are the teams and the quarterbacks that he did this. Okay, so we know how and the commanders are one culprit because they gave up one. Thursday. That's what put him in the record books. Who are the other ones, Jonas? Yeah, week one uh, intercepted a the ball that popped off the hands of Saquon Barkley. Uh, so that's going to be on Daniel Jones. Um, but that's but we at week one we don't really know what the Giants are at that time. So that that's legit. Keep going. Uh, so that's a that that was a twenty two yard pick six. Uh, next one came, and this is from the Associated Press. Uh, next one came uh, week four. Mac Jones, he enters. He picked him off and ran it back yeah. fifty-four yards against the Patriots. Yeah, that ain't a, a Patriots, which I didn't have them in a document. I'll get to them. I just want to have one little nugget about them. But yeah, that uh, Mac Jones turned over everybody. So yeah, okay. Uh, third pick six for Deron Bland in the season um, was a thirty-yarder against Matthew Stafford in the Rams in Week Eight. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, this brings us to number four. Uh, the one before history. Uh, number four, a 30-yard pick six against Bryce Young. Yeah. Uh-uh. I can't even name you receivers, Bryce Young. Man. I damn sure can't name you no offensive lineman. So the reason why I wanted to look at that, there's no Philly mixed in there. There's no 49ers mixed in there. You know, I mean, it's a hell of a feat. I mean, history's history. To run it back. But, not not yeah. only to get the interception, yeah. but to run it back. But but I just feel, look, it's history. I get it. But I am just, look, I, like, I don't, everybody knows, I don't have one rooting interest for whatsoever in the Dallas Cowboys. Okay? Um, for most of my life, it has always pleasured me. That's my pleasure. Of basically laughing at the demise of the Dallas Cowboys. 
way before we had the 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 the, the loud mouth of people call him hater of the Cowboy Nation and Stephen A. Smith. Even before we knew who Stephen A. was, when he was just still working for the Philadelphia Inquirer and doing local radio in Philly, I was leading the charge in my backyard, laughing my ass off every you know at the expense of the Dallas Cowboys. So I have no reason to be, but. I look at it to where even though I'm not rooting interest in a Dallas fan, like I want to see that. Like I'm just cut from a different cloth like that. I want to see that in a big game. I want to see a pick in a big game. Maybe you don't have to take it to the house every time. But if you're where is that at in the big moments? You know, we started the beginning of the year. And from the national media and everybody else, it was, hey, Michael Parson could become the, the first defensive player since Lawrence Taylor to win the MVP. It's cooled off. It's cooled off. Um, but Seattle is coming in this weekend, and that should be some type of test to at least to see. But, I, again, Seattle's playing bad. Seattle, you talk about digressing. Seattle has digressed. It ain't all Geno's fault, but, again, Geno is Geno. Geno was Geno when I knew he signed up last year. Geno has been in the league for a decade at least, and it is what it is. But Dallas, it's it's he's definitely playing ball. Now, the question is going to be, I guess, you know, and we won't have to worry about If you're a Dallas fan, you don't have to worry about that this year. But I guess, you know, when Diggs gets healthy, when he recovers, and then, you know, you have Gilmore kind of on a – you're not really paying Gilmore that much. You know, where is Bland going to fit in? Has he done enough since he's in the history books to knock somebody off of their starter position? You don't have to worry about that this year. But those are questions that will be going forward. Uh, for my listener who wanted to bring his accomplishments before he broke the record, and I kind of just stopped on him and said, squash, get that out of here. Go ahead. One of the buzzing pieces after the history-making interception, and of course, if he continues that run, he does have, what, six more games to add to that total, Uh um, is defensive player of the year odds. Uh, He jumped, I believe I saw it, from 1,800 to plus 1,200. Those odds are currently down at books right now because we are – uh, unsure of the future of Miles Garrett uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, the coach, I understand, will be making a statement on that in the next hour. Um, but so those odds are off the board. But you could see him at the because th- he was fourth best behind uh, part Micah Parsons, T.J. Watt, and Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. And so you could now see Deron Bland get a little more action. Uh, my advice to that: go to a slot machine. And put whatever you want in for an hour, sit at that slot machine or roll down your window and just see if you can let uh, your money fly out and see if you can fall. See if you drive back an hour to see if anybody picked it up. You got you might as well do that. He he, stop it. Leapfrog those guys. Stop it. No, let's not get let's not get out of hand. How many pick sixes do you need to get defensive player of the year? I think when we also look at, first of all, um, there's like, you know, the great quarterbacks that tell you there's a story behind every interception. I'd have to go back. I mean, some of these could just be bad reads. I don't could have been a tip ball. Like, the, the, the keep in mind, the highlight that we're getting at is because he's taking him to the house. Yeah, and, he's and, returned and, yeah, five of his yeah. seven picks this And season. basically, I would go and say, look at the combined records of the teams that he had. And I'm going to give him the Giants because that's week one, and we didn't know how bad the Giants were going to be. That was a playoff team from the year prior. So I'll give him that one. The Matthew Stafford one, maybe, okay, that's Sean McVay. Patriots but, week four. 
Patriots, that's a bad football team, man. We all knew coming in this season the Patriots going to be. We didn't think it was going to be this bad, but they were bad. Nah, they, these, if you take a combined winning record against his accomplishments, and I ain't trying to poo-poo on the brothers' accomplishments, but that, that I mean, come on. I mean, but five, that's impressive, but, I'm, but, but I want to stick it to the conversation of defensive player of the year. Stop it. Well, I'm not putting him ahead of T.J. Watt. I, I, don't, I don't care if Miles Garrett is done for the rest of the season. I, I'm not putting him ahead of Miles Garrett. I'm, I'm not doing that. Well, the argument to be made is that those are direct points on the board. That's not just possession for your team. It's not just a sack. Those are di- those are equating to direct points, which equate you know, equate to wins. I don't well, let's the see. opponent. I mean, you talk about there's it's every Sunday, any any given right. Sunday. So any any fo- therefore any football team has the chance to win any weekend. Oh, so We've, you've got to go out there and do it. You've got to run it back. And those are the world class athletes on the field for no matter who the opponent is. Um. We've got uh, we've got one wager, me and you, and I want to leave it at that. Uh, that's coming up this week in Alabama. So I'm going to pose this to you. I ain't wagering you nothing on it, but I will tell you that at best case scenario, he's going to he's going to finish, and I'm being lenient. He's going to finish third in voting, and that's being nice. That's being nice because I'm in a good mood. Uh, he would finish third. At best, in, in in defensive player of the year voting, and I don't think he still will have more votes than his teammate Michael Parsons, which has kind of been quiet. That's just my opinion. I mean, look, we've had. I mean, speaking of uh, Coach Prime, who's done coaching, who finished four and eight in his first season, by the way. Um, you know, nobody. I was watching Dion high step from the twenty. 25-yard line, and I can remember, I've got a bad memory, but there was really never no defensive player of the year talks with Dion, and Dion left with a jersey clean all the time. I just think that's not – Yeah, but I think it has to do with that's not an award. I mean, that's not a position. You've got to be very special. I mean, you know, if you look at uh, Charles Woodson um, at Michigan, I mean, he's the last defensive player to win the Heisman. And he's played that position. But look how special that was. And the reason why Desmond got, I mean, the reason why Charles got that year, because he returned, somebody was returning kicks too, if I, if my memory serves me correctly. He was just a hell of a player. So my point is, I don't even think that's a position that's going to warrant to really leapfrog pass rushers and stuff like that for defensive player of the year. Well, that's why my quick question, yeah. so we can wrap this up though. Yeah. How many pick sixes do you need to get defensive player of the year? Uh, you'd have to do it five. Uh, probably maybe averaging maybe one every other game against favorable performance uh, they, and or and well, I'll give well, I'll give up through week 12 yeah. you're averaging about one and, every and, other game and I will give you another answer to that it also has to do you've got to be doing that in a year that there's nobody else that's been dominant from another defensive position TJ Watt has still been uh, uh you know dominant he's been doing that on a team that fired their offensive coordinator um Miles Garrett has been dominant. Uh, I can't. I can't leapfrog him. And and again, I, I don't even think he's going to get more votes than Michael Parsons. And Michael Parsons is cooled out, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But a record is a record book, you know. Period. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe he can keep it going this week against Seattle. But again, Geno's turning over to everybody as well too. So we'll see. Eight seven seven three seven grind. The Broncos. Um, one other thing before we move on to that. Look. You know I don't throw the word. If you listen to me long enough in this program, you know I don't throw the word iconic on anything. Whether we're talking sports, actors, musicians, it doesn't matter. And I consider Dolly Parton 
an icon. Oh, yeah. But, Jerry, what is that? I mean, what was that? I mean, the NFL, like, look. It was better than Jack Carlo. Well, that's sure. That's fine. I'm not even talking about the pink, the, 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 uh, the actual performance, because I'm not kidding. But who do you think your audience is in the age demographic of your audience who's tuning the NFL? Like, if you go look at the Super Bowl halftime performances that we've had, I don't know, in the last three or four years, I'm not talking about since Nipplegate, Janet Jackson, when we got stuck with the Who and a bunch of old asses after that. And I like Dolly. My mom liked Dolly, but come on, man. That, I mean, she's 70. I mean, gr- granted, she can still do that. But to have that as a halftime, that was all Jerry. That, I mean, I to me, I only knew that. I'm like, you know what? And, and I, look, I got a lot of She's an icon. But who the hell you think is watching the NFL? Man, have, just from an age standpoint. I mean, Dolly, I mean, I don't think she got a new album dropping. I mean, I heard a she little bit. She does mix. have a new album. Does she? Yeah. Okay, well, I heard 9 to 5. I heard Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. I heard Jolene. Come on, man. Yeah, but, it just, was, but then you also heard We Are the Champions, and she has What a, was she singing that for? And she has, her new album is called Rockstar. Okay, well, I, you know, We Are the Champions, I mean, it was cute because, again, she's 77 or whatever she is, 75, can st- you know, fit in the old Dallas Cowboy cheerleading outfit. That was impressive, Okay. But when she started, who the champion? I'm like, why is she singing that? Last time I checked, uh, I believe that that was the uh, my man. Um, it's Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it's Freddie Queen. Mercury. Yeah, Queen. But but well, we, because and she's she, a Dallas fan, but I, she's a Cowboy fan. But I'm like, what are they the champions of? What, what I mean was this nine did was this ninety six? I mean, was this was this Thanksgiving game of ninety six? What the hell is she singing? We the champions for? Well, they, we are the champions, and we will rock you. Go together like PB and J. You can't have one without the other. Man, look, man. Just to let it be known, Jerry was all over that. That, that wasn't the NFL. I mean, and like I said, Dolly Parton is an icon. In what way are you trying to say he was all over that? That was his choice. Oh, come on, Jonas. I mean, I, I know you say you're having a rough day. You need another vacation. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I, this, it's Monday. I got, I got PG-13 hat on, man. But, yeah. Your word's not mine. Yeah. Now, if I was single and saw Dolly at a bar, I didn't know that Dolly. I mean, the way I mean, she still might, you know. Hey, there was a lot of guys. Hey, man, you know. I think she had skin tone leggings on, though. Wow! Now you're trying to say it was it was it was false. Now you're trying to say it was enhanced. That wasn't really Dolly. Maybe Dolly's just been eating right, a nice diet, less stress, don't drink, don't smoke. But I'm just saying, where did the hell did that performance selection come out of? But anyway, when we get back, let's take a trip up to Mahai. Five in a row. But I want to talk about this because I want to address what I've kind of been talking about um, in regards to when we come back looking at that game. You listen to the Sports Crime. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.